Welcome to Minute Impossible. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to investigate with us the Mission Impossible franchise one minute at a time. TGIF, everybody. It's Friday, and I'm Jonathan. I'm Chris. I'm Rick. And I'm Julia. We did it, guys. We made it all the way through the week, and uh, there's no more sex, I promise. <laughs> I promise. Well, you say that, but Anthony Hopkins is about to show up, so I mean, come on. Mm. He's got to have that. He's got to have that Silence of the Lambs, you know, face to face sort of sexual tension with Tom Cruise that he had with Jodie Foster here. Yep. Mm-hmm. And as they say, it's Friday, Friday. You've got to get down on Friday. Weekend, weekend, <laughs> party and party and yeah. <laughs> uh, oh god. We're 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 knee deep. We're neck deep in a party right now. We're still in the uh We're Hopkins deep. What's that thing? What's this party called again? The something de Valencia? I think so. The Orange de Valencia. The yeah, the Fallas de Valencia. So minute begins with our introduction to our new Kittredge and ends with Ethan and New Kittredge apologizing to each other. Yep, this is our so uh, nice. this is our what? They are they're very they're hey they're gentlemen. Guy just had sex with a robot. Going to see, say hi to the guy who created the robot. It's all coming yeah. together. Yeah, Anthony Hopkins Except is for, doing one of his favorite things, standing behind glass looking at people. Yeah, he yep. and it put his hands in his pocket. This is right around the time that Anthony Hopkins, uh, Sir Anthony Hopkins, was deciding whether he was going to. Remember when he said he was going to quit Hollywood? Remember that? Yeah. He hasn't done that. Nope. <laughs> He's still around. But uh, the old guys always decide they're going to do that, and then they never do. The only person who's ever done it is Sean Connery. He's like, I'm not doing any more movies. And he's not done any more movies. Nope. Makes me very sad. Interestingly enough, uh, Anthony Hopkins was not the first choice uh, Tom Cruise had for this part. No, who was it? Uh, Ian McKellen. Oh. Another American. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted that would to have ruined Ian, Ian but he was uh, doing a play at the time and then getting ready for uh, Lord of the Rings. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. Can you that, imagine that? that? Ethan coming through the door and... Ian McKellen grabs him by the shoulder. He's like, fool of a hunt. (laughs) (laughs) Keep it secret. Keep it safe. That would have been awesome if Ian Ian McKellen had done the whole thing as Gandalf. (laughs) (laughs) Just with a beard and a a wizard robe? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. With the same tone. Everybody would have been perfect. And no one ever talked about it. take the chimera to (laughs) Mount Atlanta. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is uh, our our first... I'm... Actually kind of bummed. Kittredge didn't make it. Mr. Cerny, the actor, did not reprise his role. So this yeah. is begins the, until the later movies, this begins the uh, Ethan's boss is going to be played by a different person every time. Yeah. And it's not going to be the same character. Well, well we it, you to, know, at um, this point, Kittredge is trying to make his way to be president at this point. Yeah, so. That's what we have in, in, in universe. We've said Kittredge is becoming the president. Is yep. It may be the president at this moment. Yep. That's what we hope. So they've hired a British man and said, hey, do an American accent. So he's doing an American accent, and it's not great, guys. So why do you, you think know? there's such a quick rate of turnover? Are they just promoting people? Do you think they're moving to other agencies, retiring? Well, a lot of them come from the uh, International Monetary Fund, and when they get here, they find out what they're really doing, and they don't like it, and they quit. So it's a <laughs> lot of... Workplace confusion, I think, is going on. They wake up in the morning next to someone, and they're like, what am I doing here? <laughs> well, I mean, and if you think about it, in his mind, I'm trying to figure out the logistics of this whole meetup, because he sent him the 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 rocket grenade from the T-shirt gun at the beginning of the movie, and he explains the where 
that he's going to be doing this uh, thing and he needs to go to Seville and pick up Naya. We never saw anything. Usually there's some sort of meet cute informational session where he finds out where he's supposed to go and like he goes in and gives a code where, you know, there's some spy thing that there's nothing here. It's literally no. walk into weird apartment. I assume that, uh, Anthony Hopkins was working on Zorro and they just <laughs> had the sets already built. There's like, let's just have him just, you know. He's already doing a weird accent in that movie, too. Just have him do an American accent in this movie. The Zorro movie where he's British, British-Spanish, and Antonio Banderas is Spanish-Spanish. And Catherine Zeta-Jones uh, is plain Spanish, even though she's Welsh. Just like Dogre. Yep. Scott. And uh, what do we think about what do we think about New Kittredge? You mean Hannibal? What do we think about Hannibal? Uh, he's playing it as Hannibal. That, that's how I see it. So he's got he, gravitas. He's he's interesting. I like he sounds him. Sounds great on a recording until you start thinking about the fact that he's doing an American accent. Right. I don't know why they bothered with the American accent. This is a global organization, right? So why can't they hire people from all over the world? Well, is it a global organization? We talked about this this week, but it may have uh, uh it may work around the country, but it is based out of Langley, Virginia, yeah. and it is a CIA division. So mm. Is it really – they're doing clandestine things all over the world, and it has to be Americans. I mean, this is the first movie where – no, that's not true either. I'm trying to figure out the team's makeup. The team was made up of international people in the first movie. Yep. And then the second team was made up of international people in the, in the first movie. And the third one, they are too. And in this one, again, we have uh, unknown Australian guy in it. I'm trying. I'm just trying to th- – I'm just trying to figure out where the logistics – you're right. Why does ben- he have – Benji's not he American be either. You know? He could have been British. It wouldn't have hurt anything in the movie. No. Well, I mean, and the thing is, I don't even think, uh, to me, it doesn't seem like he's doing an accent at all. It just sounds like Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. But it, it, he is doing an accent. You can hear him trying to rein in the, the, the Britishness, but it's not to the point of actually trying. Like, yeah. I think it was John Woo saying, Hey, can you do an ang- American accent? And him saying, Sure. No coach. Well, just- I, I, I think John Woo was just so overwhelmed to have him because apparently John Woo wasn't expecting. Him, Paul Wagner called him up and said, Hey, you know, I know we can't get Ian, but we got somebody else for you. And he's like, Oh, okay, cool. And then they told him who it was and he freaked out. So I think John Woo's just <laughs> in awe of, of, of Anthony Hopkins the whole time because he didn't think that they could get anybody that cool. <laughs> I could just imagine that phone call. Yeah, John, we, we got you, Anthony Hopkins. What in tarnation you talking about getting that Hannibal Lecter up in my set? That's incredible. Well, butter my biscuit and call me breakfast. You got Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> that, that's the conversation exactly as, as as he talks about it on the commentary track. <laughs> now, Anthony, I want you to do an American accent. Sort of like mine. <laughs> yeah, can you do this accent? Uh, no, I don't think I can. I can do sort of a American accent. How about a half-assed American accent? All right, tarnation. I sounds great. Festival's a pain in my ass. <laughs> Where you burn your... He says burn. They're talking about burning, uh, burning their saints in effigy. He's like Ben. I'm like, mm, that's mm, Americans don't say Ben. <laughs> like that's <laughs> he, like, it's his, it's his vowels. Zal's vowels are off. Honoring their saints by setting them on fire, fire, and so it's like fire, fire, <laughs> tarnation. It's fire. Sorry, Anthony. Fire. I said that. Fire. No fire. No. Are you are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm saying fire. Fire. Yeah, no, let's I'll just move on. Moving on. 
because they're in Australia anyway. So it's, I'm sure I'm sure the accent uh, gumbo that was going on at <laughs> on this set was just a, a nightmare. Yeah, because they let Naya keep hers. She has her accent, kind of. She uh, it's different than what she does, obviously, on Westworld because she's playing a you know American. I almost said pilgrim, an American, <laughs> uh, an American pilgrim. She's playing a uh, you know an American settler. Yeah, I Western think, settler. I think Anthony Hopkins' presence here in Seville just lends credence to the whole Naya is a host theory because he's there. But, you know, seeing how the test is going, seeing how she's operating out in the world, it's a quality assurance thing. Hello, it's- Mr. Hunt. I hope hope you didn't take her apart and have sex with the top half of her. <laughs> you did. <laughs> oh, no. That's not, no, that's not how it's supposed to work. No. That's- we'll need a firmware update. Emphasis yeah. on the firm. It's, uh, why is he here? Th- that's what I'm wondering, because he, he, didn't he just give him everything on the, on the, on the, the recording? And the store, and the, and the plot takes place in Australia. They know Dogre is in Dogre. They know, what's his, what's our bad guy's name? Ambrose. They know Ambrose is in Australia. So there's no reason to do this other than we have Anthony Hopkins in our movie and we're going to show him because we didn't show Kittredge for the first 30 minutes of the first movie. So we've now got this big star because I remember the trailer having a ton of stuff with Anthony Hopkins in it. And he's barely in this movie. It was a nice trend. I did enjoy, remember at this point, getting stunt casting for these type of movies didn't really happen. I mean, the first movie, John Voight's the most famous person, other than Tom Cruise. And Emilio Estevez, who's doing a favor type of thing. But this movie, and then James Bond's and all this thing, you know, the person who was playing Q and the person who was playing M started to become bigger characters in all movies. Movies started to allow these stars. I don't know what happened. There used to be a stigma. If you do a bit part, you're a bit player. I'm not going to, you know, I think the money happened. I think they started getting big money for these small parts. And you think so? Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Let me go sit around in Australia for like a week or two and make $8 million, you know? (laughs) And also, do you think they're like, I I want to, you think, you don't think uh, Sir Anthony Hopkins, like, I totally want to be part of this universe. No, I don't. Think, I don't. Maybe, maybe he was like the thought of getting to work with Tom Cruise. Up to John Voight called me because he's a contemporary of mine, <laughs> and said it was a total hoot. So, is it a missed opportunity for Swanbeck to offer Hunt a fine Chianti instead of an espresso or cappuccino? Yes, it may, it may have taken the audience too much out of the movie as opposed to the slow motion. How long? Uh, yeah. How long has has it been since uh, 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 Silence of the Lambs? At this point, at this point, it's been almost ten years since Silence of the Lambs. Okay. But Hannibal was about to come out a year later, and and the actual teaser trailer for Hannibal was attached to this movie. Were we? Uh, what was? Uh, I have to go look it up. What was Anthony Hopkins doing? Like, was he just in that 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 Silver Age of period of your career where you just you know you just do everything? Yeah, because he'd just done Zorro a couple of years before this, and uh, he had that other movie, Instinct, uh, I think the year before. Is that the one where he fought the bear? No, that was The Edge. That was that was the year the year before Zorro. Okay, but uh, but the Instinct was the one where he was in the in the jungle with the monkeys and or the apes, and Cuba Gooding Jr. was trying to save him or something like that. I don't remember. It was a court case thing. Oh, I didn't yeah. see that movie. That came out the same so it's summer like, as, as. So it's uh, like a it's like a bad version of Medicine Man. Is yeah, what you're saying. yeah. It basically, yeah. yeah, it came out like 
the same summer as episode one, so nobody saw it. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe he, then it was in a down period, and this was like a get back on, you know, get back in the... Because he's uncredited in this movie. Yeah. That has to be money-based, right? Yeah, probably. Or it's... That's so weird. Yeah, because he was in... Meet Joe Black would have been probably the... Yeah, li- Meet Joe it, Black was the one thing before this, and so, yeah, that's... Cause he's instincts, in a down period. <laughs> instinct's the day, the year after that, but I think Meet Joe Black was probably the most famous movie he'd been in since The Mask of Zorro the year before. He yeah. did both of those in 98, so... Yeah, he he's past the Picasso stuff and the Amistad stuff, and he's into this like weird. Oh, he's in the How the Grinch Stole Christmas as the narrator. Yeah, that was the same year as this too. Yeah, so I'm just. It just it seems it's just weird. He's he's out of place in this movie. I'll say he doesn't do just like the sex scene. He does nothing to make this movie better. I don't think. I mean, he's a great actor and I love him, but I don't need him. No. As opposed to Lawrence Fishburne, who I love in the next one. Which which is funny, because it was uh, Val Kilmer was supposed to play that part. Really? Yeah. We'll get to it. We'll get to it next year. <laughs> Save it. Save it. <laughs> and yeah, he offers him uh, he offers him an espresso and not a Chianti. And he sits down and he says, I'm sorry I had to uh, ruin your vacation. And Tom Cruise, or Ethan says, I'm sorry that I didn't tell you where I was going. But he only says, I'm sorry, I it, and then it cuts, cuts off. <laughs> so when this when this happens, this interaction, is this, does this seem like to you guys the first time they're ever meeting, like he's his new boss? As if there has been a transition at the IMF. Possibly, yes. I think he's maybe met him once before or maybe knows of him, but... At a mixer? Yeah, like, like, after the, like the intro, <laughs> intro to your new boss party. Ugh. But I don't think they have any kind of relationship. No, I don't either. Yeah. Do you think now that takes us back to the last movie? Do you think Kittredge had a relationship with Ethan in the last movie, like a closer relationship? It seemed like he did. Kittredge doesn't strike me as the type who would have a personal relationship with his underlings. Hmm. That's funny you should say that because I don't look at Ethan Hunt and consider him the kind of person that would specifically go to the office party and rub elbows with the um people in charge he seems more like a field worm he wants to be yeah. out and about he doesn't want to be rubbing elbows well i think now grass. that he's like the new mr phelps he has to kind of go to those things it's it's required you know yeah he probably hates them though yeah exactly that's why he didn't tell anybody where he was going for vacation oh do you think he's just been dogged for the past um, yeah, you know, I mean, I mean honestly, I keep waiting for, for Hopkins to call him Clarice instead of Ethan or Mr. Hunt. <laughs> yeah, his pronunciation of the word vacation, vacation, just yes, that's how Americans took say out it. A, the letter A in there, vacation, vacation, vacation. He did a vacation from his vocation. Hmm. Hell fire, that's how I say vacation. It's vacation. <laughs> <laughs> did anybody catch the dad joke? Which dad joke? Uh, so Anthony Hopkins, he says the festival's a pain in the ass, honoring their saints by setting them on fire. Let's you know what they think of their saints, doesn't it? Damn near set me on fire on the way over here. I don't know He's if that's a dad joke. calling himself a saint. He's making a bad joke. A bad oh. joke, yes, but I don't think it's a dad joke. No, pretty much all dad jokes are bad jokes. There's a Venn diagram. <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah, I agree with that. But dad jokes are like more obviously bad, like like stupid. <laughs> Being a dad myself, I know that, yeah. Where's the joke in that? Is he saying there's so much fire that it almost lit him on fire? Or is he saying that I'm a, I'm a saint? He's, He's saying, saying that, that he is a saint. Yeah. I think Christopher is defending this as not a dad joke because he doesn't no, want to get lumped in. 
No, no, no. I, I, I'm, I'm all, I do say dad jokes all the time, but this is not come off as anything I come, <laughs> as I do as a dad joke. I go get my son. He'll tell us what, what my bad dad jokes are. I look at this and it's like, it's Anthony Hopkins saying, I'm so old that I could be considered one of these old saints. Oh. You guys are, you guys have, you guys are going deep diving on this lot. One. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I get that, but uh, hey, great. I, I completely miss. I was just like, what is he talking about? Jibber jabbering over I, there. I thought he was just, he was just pulling a, a Hannibal and trying to sound funny, <laughs> cool, you know? <laughs> Well, he did take that one guard, flay him, and then splay him on the side of his cage, like a yeah, like some sort of grotesque crucifix. There's that. <laughs> I really wanted if they were going to do this, I wish they'd done more of a John Wick style, where it's oh, hello, Jonathan, like more of a not a room with a table and a chair, but like Anthony Hopkins in a big plush. Comfy chair. You know, comfy chair, smoking a cigar. Yeah, that would have been cool. Like with him just like, oh, hello, Ethan. You know, like almost like it'd be cool if he had like paperwork around him, like he, like someone's handing him something, like he's doing other things. He's got a big, big glass of brandy or something as well. This is just weird that he's standing in a room by himself waiting on Ethan in a basically an interrogation room. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a very weirdly straight uh, stage scene. Uh, it, it really should have been something more, more befitting Anthony Hopkins and, and the situation. I wish the running gag was every new person we now meet from now on is always in some new weird situation. <laughs> yeah, we, we could have used the Seville version of a, of a carrium, you know? That's what we I mean. Could've. I would love it if, I would love it if the Kittredge character was more of a, a, a Q than an M and he was always like had gadgets around him and like all these cool things. I mean, that's basically what they do when Benji gets brought in. Yeah. Because somebody's like, we have to have the fun stuff because everybody's tired of watching some literal middle management <laughs> guy talking to our, our hero. It's boring. You talk I mean, about yeah. weird situations to introduce these characters. You could do like a Inspector Gadget situation where his informant pops out of like trash cans and he's pretending to be a living statue and all of this other stuff. You could have Anthony Hopkins dressed up as one of these statues and then Ethan's walking by and Anthony Hopkins be like, hey, Ethan, here's your mission stuff. And then he's just getting <laughs> carried away to get burned. All right. So, Sir Anthony, we're going to spray paint you silver. <laughs> uh, I need you to be prepared. Um, breathe through your nose, not through your mouth. <laughs> and stand still for about 15 minutes while we light this. That would be amazing. And, and Hopkins is like, so it's it's like a like a James Bond reference. and It would be awesome if that always, if I mean, later on in the movies, they do that in Ghost Protocol a couple of times. Like he goes to these cool little machines and these little machines kind of tell him what to do next. Yeah. I wish there was more of that happening in this. And I don't need the interpersonal. This movie, and we can talk about this later on in the weeks as they go along. Are we talking about it now too? The interpersonal between the, 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 the it's the Bellerophon and the Chimera duality. Everything yeah. in this movie is about duality. It's a duality of Naya and Ethan. It's a duality between, um, I almost called him Sebring, uh, between, uh, <laughs> what's the Swanbeck? Swanbeck. Swanbeck. Officer Swayback and uh, Swanbeck and Ethan. It's always and uh, Ambrose and Naya. It's always two people. Yeah. It's always a back and forth. This whole movie, and I just don't know if it's necessary. I know he was trying, and even the cars, even the cars, they're paired together and entwined in this death roll. I just need, I need it to happen once, and kind of like the slow motion, it's happening too many times. 
every scene is trying to be like, <laughs> look what I'm doing. I went to film theory class. I can do cool stuff. And I, I don't know that it works in this movie. This is one of the reasons why I always get on this movie as being weaker than others. Like this scene is not necessary. The love scene was not necessary. Get to the action. Get to it. What, uh, as, as we'll learn next week, this scene does almost nothing to add anything to the movie. And I, I wonder if you guys felt the same way when you watched it. Oh, absolutely. Huh. I feel like all of this was done through the glasses at the beginning of the movie. And you didn't need this sort of mid-mission, not even a debriefing, just a added a re briefing. A rebriefing. Yeah, it's a rebriefing. Uh, I think to well, me, we the need only, a rebriefing after the love scene. So the only <laughs> thing it really does is 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 push that love thing again, where Ethan is kind of hesitant to have her go sleep with Ambrose to get the information. And Why he just things. slept with her himself? What does he care? Because he's supposed he's, to be now falling for her or some BS <sighs> like that. And so Anthony Hopkins basically, and not in these minutes, this minute, but minutes that we're going to do next week, they he basically pushes to say, "What does it matter? She's a woman that." This is that's what she's trained for, you know. Make Hunt understand that she's important to this, and not to just you know. Not they don't have her. to keep hanging a lantern on it. I got it. She's important. Yeah. But now he does. He now she's an asset that he feels something for, and yeah. he doesn't want her to get hurt. But they could. The, there are scenes later that explain that. Yeah. Like when he's watching her being um, basically handed over to Ambrose from that boat later on. That to me is a great scene that hits like him watching from afar and he's like, he's like, are we doing the right thing? I like that better than being told in the scene before this scene explaining, I don't feel comfortable with it. Yeah. I'm like, I, I, I got it. I, 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 got I understand it. that. But at the same time, I think at the time and the, what they wanted for the audience to understand that it was that Tom Cruise wasn't just like cold and calculated up front and saying, yeah, yeah, okay, I slept with her. Now we're going to use her. You know, I guess that's that's kind of what what they're getting across here. Even though that's exactly what they're doing. Yeah, it's exactly what they're doing. But they're trying to downplay it by saying that Tom Cruise is or Ethan isn't wanting to do that with her. That, that that's okay. my 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 idea for the purpose behind these scenes. All right, well, that's a good place. That's a good place to stop with us arguing about whether the scene should have been in the movie or not. <laughs> I have a feeling that's going to be happening a lot in this entire movie. Oh yeah. Uh, Let's uh, let's go into Tech of the App and talk about the things that we saw that we uh, thought were interesting. We talked about Tech of the App and Tech of the Week. So remember the things you talked about this whole week. Uh, here we go. We are here in the Tech of the Week. Uh, I'll start with Julia. Okay, so are we doing Tech of the App or Tech of the Week? I'm confused. It's both because the last day is always kind of like you can pick something new. Or just pick something you picked before and like you've decided that's the best thing. It's basically a get out of jail free card for you. <laughs> oh, okay. If you don't want to pick something from this day. Well, I have something from this episode. All right. That I'm relabeling low tech of the app. Oh, all right. Oh. As Ethan, he walks through the festival and then he walks up a set of stairs like leaving the festival. All of the staircases and banisters are lined with candles going up the hill. Mm-hmm. And they're really beautiful, and they provide a really elegant exit to this festivities, walking out of this light and into 
darkness. Are you sure that's not what uh, Sir Anthony Hopkins was talking about? Nearly lit me on fire. Maybe he was just walking up those <laughs> Maybe steps. Maybe he was staggering up the stairs. <laughs> and he was just staggered. He's like, oh, God, ah, ah. He just kept getting burned as he walked up. Because, you know, if you've ever watched Sir Anthony walk, he sashays. His hands are always out to the sides. Famously. <laughs> Famously, he's a big walker. That's a good one. I like that. Yeah, that, that, that it is nice set decoration. As we know now, this is a set in Australia, so it's not in Seville. So they didn't just go to the festival and shoot it. So nice job. Rick, what about you? My tech of the app would have to be the squeaky doorknob that alerts <laughs> Anthony Hopkins to Tom Cruise's arrival. But I can't leave without saying the absolute tech of the week would have to be the Mave host masquerading as Naya. Yeah, uh, Chris. What about you? What are you? What are you thinking for this today and the week? Uh, for today, it's going to be the uh, the android that opens the door for uh, Ethan. Like <laughs> oh, Ethan yeah? couldn't open the door himself. And yeah, for the week, so it's going to be the the car platter that's turning the cars around. That's a good one. Yeah. My check of this episode is the Rosetta Stone tapes that uh, Sir Anthony <laughs> did not listen to before he tried to do an American accent. Um, it's it's shockingly bad from an actor who has always given us and I know he can do an American accent or at least like kind of a stylized one I think I think a lot of times they find it easier to do a like more of an accent that's a default American is harder to do than like Boston or New York or something that actually has like an accent to it this one he's trying to do kind of like a vanilla vanilla uh american accent and it it just shows and it's hilariously bad yeah. and i i think that if he we made fun of it but if he'd done more of a southern accent i i would love southern ha- anthony hopkins how fun would that be it would be so much more fun it's like well hello there ethan like kind good. of a fun you'd be like oh who's this gentleman good evening like, ethan would you like a fine mint julep <laughs> i'm also eating fried chicken and grits enjoy <laughs> do you like collard greens you know, it's like a, a that'd be fun if you had a table of food. That'd be fun too. <laughs> so yeah, that's my tech of the app. Tech of the week is definitely Naya's lower torso. <laughs> <laughs> it's the it's the best tech because it walks around and does stuff. It got them breakfast. It uh, moved the hair out of her mouth when she was kissing Ethan. You didn't notice that that little big toe come out of the side of the frame. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> It's very disconcerting, but you know, hey, what are you gonna do? Uh, her, her, her Swiss Army legs are, are my <laughs> tech of the week for her. Uh, it was a good week overall. We're really happy that you guys came on with us. Thank you again, Julia and Rick. Uh, you guys are some of our favorite people. We love having you on. We're definitely gonna have you on again, and maybe yep. you'll be in Australia, or maybe I'll find more minutes where you're not in Australia. <laughs> I don't know we're if that's possible. That, uh, we're glad that we were able to come and help you uh, navigate this. Uh, romance seeds. Yeah, <laughs> romance. That's why I, I thought it'd be nice to have a couple on. Uh, because I was just like, this is not like I don't want to have three, four dudes talking about this dumb crap. Because <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, it's just awkward. It's awkward. It's better to have two couples, me and Chris, and you and Julia. So exactly, I was. You know, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, here at l- the end of the week, like, let's get one thing straight: Tandy Newton and Tom Cruise, they can get it if they want it. Sure. Oh, yeah. You know. Oh, we we ne- were never saying that these two, is, like, I can't believe these two hooked up. That never happened. No, they're beautiful people. No, I mean, they show up on your doorstep, and it's like, oh, hello, Tom Cruise. 
You look, you like you. You look like you would make an excellent small spoon. Get over here. If he if he ever shows up at my doorstep, he's there to murder me for what I've said about him on this podcast. So. <laughs> I'm gonna have to watch out. He's gonna have John Woo and and, and and Brian De Palma behind him too. Oh yeah, Hellfire! I hear you're making fun of my accent. Wow. <laughs> and Tommy Paramount. Oh, Tommy Paramount. Oh, that guy's he's insane. I'm gonna get yeah, you. He's crazy. I'm vindictive. He's got a knife all the time, man. Oh, he's always carrying a knife. It's so weird. He brings them into meetings. Oh. But yeah, this, uh, thanks again, guys. Uh, let's, let's plug away at the, uh, Mad Max Minute and, uh, you guys can talk about some of the cool things you're working on. Certainly. In so, the future. So if anyone is interested in listening to us, we are currently in hiatus over at the Mad Max Minute, but you can still go to our website, madmaxminute.com. If you are looking for a good jumping in point, Go to our Beyond Thunderdome minutes. Listen to minutes 28 through 30. It's the whole two men enter, one man leave scene. And you will recognize Jonathan and Christopher, who are our guests for that minute. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, all of the good stuff. And if you want to find us on social media, we're on Twitter at Mad Max Minute. And on Facebook, just by searching for Mad Max Minute, you'll find our listener page. It's a whole thing. You'll find it easy enough. If you want to be tortured, join them in any of the minutes where they talk about the child brides <laughs> and those <laughs> creepy jungle children that exist in that movie. <laughs> oh, it's so off-putting. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, such a good movie. So, yes, definitely join. Definitely listen to their podcast. Uh, it's awesome. It's hilarious. Um, uh, it's actually very informative. They're very inf- – uh, they bring up stuff that I would never have thought to research. They're much better researchers. So – <laughs> Definitely listen to that. Um, and you can find us over at MinuteImpossible.com and all of our stuff's there. Find us on Facebook. And we'll talk to you guys next week when we'll actually get into the mission. Finally. Finally. No more Seville. We're going to Australia, everybody. Next week. Buckle up. It won't Until- just be mission difficult. It will also be mission impossible, too. <laughs> mission impossible, too. <laughs> and he looks dead into the camera. And then the do you just hear a didgeridoo in the background? That's a... <laughs> I've been Jonathan. I've been Chris. I've been Rick. And I've been Julia. This man will self-destruct in five seconds. Tarnation. Kablooey. Kablooey. Yahoo. <laughs> See.